Welcome to the RedX Real Estate Podcast. Here, you'll discover how to create stability and opportunity for your business with tips, tricks, habits, and hacks from top performing agents. If you'd like to receive notifications for new episodes, be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you like to listen. And for even more updates on eBooks, webinar trainings, and other useful real estate content, head over to theredx.com slash blog and click on any blog post to sign up for our free weekly newsletter. Thanks for listening. Now sit back and enjoy the episode. gentlemen, welcome back to the Red X Podcast. My name is Haley Johnson. I am your host today. Um, I'm very excited to be back. We have a, a wonderful guest with us today. We have Mike Simonson from Altus Research. How's it going, Mike? Great, Haley. Nice to be here. Yes. Um, I would love to ask just a quick introduction for people that don't know who you are, don't know what Altus Research is. Could you just give us a brief introduction into sure. who you are? Sure. So I'm Mike Simonson. I am the founder and CEO of Altos Research. We are a market data company. We track every house for sale in the country, all the pricing and all the supply and demand. We bubble up these analytics uh, for people who care about such things. So we work with realtors, like tens of thousands of realtors around the country, but also big enterprises, financial institutions, everybody who needs to understand what's going on with uh, the market right now. Perfect. We've been doing that for 15 years. That's awesome. That's kind of what we're going to be talking about today is uh, all things market, all things that uh, real estate agents need to know right now, kind of what's coming up in the spring. So I think um, you're the man to talk to. So I'm excited to get into this. Um, before we get started, I do want to tell our audience, uh, if, if you're watching live on our website, Facebook, anywhere, if you have any questions for Mike throughout the, the podcast today, please just put them into the chats. We'll make sure to get those answered. Um, and, and that's perfect of watching it live. So uh, we're excited. Let's just dive in. Uh, Mike, why don't we start off talking a little bit more about inventory and prices right now and what, what things are looking at like right now? Sure. Uh, so inventory is the big story this year. Uh, available yes. inventory. We are in a crisis shortage of uh, homes for sale. Uh, we have record numbers of people who want to buy and a crazy shortage of availability. Um, so what's interesting is um, that's true basically across all price points, across the whole country. It's it's urban and rural. It's, it is, um, yeah, people, a lot of agents feel like, wow, my market is nuts, but it's, it's essentially all markets. Um, there are, there are a couple of markets like, you know, downtown San Francisco or Manhattan that that were uh, that cooled off for a little stretch of time last year. Uh, but even that's basically uh, evaporated now. And so those markets are stabilized and climbing. Um, and so that shortage of inventory is, is not so it's, uh, it's hard to communicate, but um, nationally, a few just a few years ago, we would start the year uh, with a million single family homes on the market. And then you have February, January, February, and then by March, inventory starts climbing for the set, you know, March, April, May, or June are the big transaction months. And okay. so that's what, um, but uh, what happened in the last year is we had, we started 2020 at record lows. So normally it's uh, a million, you might say normal would be a million homes. This year we've got 340,000. Wow, so less than half. 
less than half of what normal would be. Last year, we started at record low already, and it was 750,000 or so. And, and so we're, you know, we're at half of that. Um, we had a little bit of normal season and then starting in like beginning of April last year, things just inventory just plummeted. Um, what's fascinating is that that is that our current situation is actually not just a function of the pandemic. It's a 10 year cycle that we've been building each year. We get fewer and fewer homes for sale. And this year, it just cratered even further. Some of it was pandemic related, but also it's because uh, mortgage rates are so low and they've been dropping so aggressively this year that that buyers taking advantage of it. Buyer, Americans are buying everything in sight. <laughs> right. So that's so, interesting because why? So then it's because I thought uh that it was just pandemic related. But I guess even before the pandemic started, it was kind of, like you said, already kind of going down. So so the pandemic is a factor, you think? It's just not the only one. Yeah, and it's a factor in a few ways. So the biggest factor is actually interest rates. So over the last decade, we've had the average mortgage rate, 30-year mortgage rate over the last decade is 4%. And 4% is crazy cheap historically. Um, so that means it's been really cheap to buy real estate. It's also been really cheap to own it, to hold it. Mm-hmm. And so then what's happened over the last decade is you get this phenomenon of people um, doubling up. You buy, you go to buy the second one. And since the, the if the rates are low, you may not have to sell your first one to buy the second one. Now you keep and you, know, you have an, invent- an investment property. You have two properties. Right. And each time people do that, they take a little bit of inventory out of the resale market. And so that's been really a good deal to do that over the last decade. And so more and more people do that. Each year we've had fewer and fewer homes. And uh, the only time when we had a year over year increase in inventory was January of 2019. And 2018, we had eight months of rising interest rates. So during that time, we had this eight months of rising interest rates. Things got notably more expensive. It went from 3.8 to 4.8%. And consumers recognized it. And so that was the only time that we had an increase. Uh, But since that time, rates have just gone through the floor. And so it's become unbelievably cheap to do do that transaction. And it's not just individuals, also institutions buying properties and then holding on to them. So so then pandemic wise, yes, there's been a pandemic that, that, and there are some conditions where people are choosing not to list maybe, mm-hmm. but, but more interestingly, rates have been so low that it's been such a good time to buy. And if you own, you refinance and now your payments are super low. So it's really a function of interest rates and the interest rates are a function of the pandemic partly too, but but they uh, it's it's really a long term uh, scenario. It's also probably means it's going to be a long time to get out of it. It's not just going to be cured when we start going back to work. Yeah, well, and that's that's kind of what I was going to see is, I mean, if if everything is kind of going, I mean, inventory has gone so low. I, I don't see how it goes back up. I mean, if interest rates go back up, then then obviously that will help. But um, yeah. if there's just so many buyers, uh, yeah, I, I don't see how this Yeah, so, right. So it, when interest rates go up at whatever point they go up, mm-hmm. um, 
what will happen is uh, the new payments are more expensive. And so that'll that will um, back off demand a little bit. But also it means that if my two payments are more expensive, I'm going to have to sell more people are going to have to sell the first one to finance the second one. So you'll have fewer people doubling up. So then those come on the market. And so what we don't yet know is, so in 2018, rates went from 3.8 to 4.8. And we, you could feel the demand backing off and you could see the inventory rise. Yeah. Now we're at 2.8. Does that mean if rates go just to three, three and a half? Is that when we feel it? Or do they have to go to four and a half before we feel it? And, and how quickly do they get there? So those are, you know, unknown because who can predict interest rates, really? But but um, uh, but but that's really the factor to keep our eye on yeah. um, for what's going to happen with inventory. And how quickly did interest rates go down? So interest rates have been going down for, a, you know, a decade, actually multiple okay. decades. And so when we came out of the, the mortgage bubble burst, the crisis ended January 2011. And rates were five something. And then they have gone down to two and a half, 2.8 in that time. And so every year, basically a little bit ups and downs, but every year basically it gets more affordable to own. And even in the last year, so we had, we've had a 10% nationally, 10% pr home price increase in the last year. Mm -hmm. and which is a big up year yes and even in that time though because rates have fallen so far the monthly payments are more affordable in general so so you know therefore people are still buying so like there's a we're super sensitive to that right now hmm. okay and so coming up on the busiest time for real estate is is springtime so yeah. what does that look like if if inventory isn't going to match the the demand um what what happens there yeah so a few things are tricky um one we're we're looking at all the leading indicators in the data right now are looking at easily another 10 percent price appreciation year a year over year price like so um but then, of course, now we're, you know, 20 percent in two years. That is starts to strain affordability for people whose incomes aren't going up. Right. So now it starts to get uh, into an interesting challenge. Um, the um, the other impacts are so so demand demand is going to be high. Supply is going to be low like that's And it's across the country. So. Um, the, the other thing that we are, you know, that that agents might be should be thinking about right now are. Uh, are there opportunities to bring listings to market uh, people who, for example, maybe own more than one property right now is an unbelievably good time to sell, maximize your value, do fast transactions um, and there there are there are still consumers who maybe don't know that they're afraid or they're afraid pandemic why like there's a lot of so there's a lot of opportunity for communication there yeah. um that that um you know agents can take advantage of yeah and we've talked a lot on the podcast about creating inventory uh because for agents right now i mean a lot of people are selling on their own for sale by owner um because mm -hmm. they can they can do it especially with um, 
offers going in way above asking price and things like that. Um, and that, that was actually one of my questions is, is where is the opportunity with agents? But I guess it is like kind of the same thing of, of you got to create inventory. You can call around circle prospect, tell people the value of their home that maybe they haven't looked at in the last decade or whatever. Um, because while people probably know that the market is really hot, they maybe not know exactly what their home is worth or what, um, they could cash out on some serious equity. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, one of the things I like to do when we talk about market data, and especially the way we do it at Altos, is um, the, there, are, there are three questions for consumers in real estate. What's for sale? How much is my house worth? And how's the market? And so, yes. and we focus on how's the market. So, you know, yes, you tell them, okay, your house is worth this, but, um, and, and they like, right now their eyes may bug out of their head, but that's one, that's like one communications, one touch, yeah. Um, but with the market, with market data, market data is fresh every week and you can put it in their inbox every week. And so now you want to say like, okay, my house is worth X, but, um, are there a lot, uh, is it going to go quickly? Do I have to act now? Um, you know, like what if I overprice it? All of these are all, how's the market questions. And that's what we answer in the market data and in, in the Altos market reports so that you could in your price range if we are right below this threshold we have seven days on market if we're above that threshold it's 49 like you can see these really clearly in the data and so um that is so the the power of using market data in your communication and for like creating inventory is a great way to uh, a great label to, to use for it is that um the questions on the consumer's mind are not just how much is my house worth? Although that's a great, like, that's a great lead conversion, right? Right. That's a, you know, but, but the next question of, you know, do I act now? Um, you know, what's it going to take? Do I have lots of competition? Is it growing or fading? These are all these questions are what we get to, to nurture the leads with each week, uh, you know, put the data in their inbox and then, uh, and then you get, you know, with the opportunity, a lot of, Things we do with the Alto system are like, I can see who's opening their market reports. And now I can see, have a call list of people like, oh, I haven't talked to you in six years, but I see you're opening your market reports every week. Let's, you know, have a conversation. So that's a real part of the, you know, working data into the business. Yeah. And it's like, it, it's concrete things. It's not like just, oh, yeah, you could sell your home and, and it, we could sell it soon, whatever. It's like, data driven like i can tell you exactly what's going to happen based on what's art what's happening in the market right now and yep. one you position yourself as the market expert first of all so that's a great thing um as an agent prospecting to leads and then um you're right you you answer all of those different questions that they have uh instead of just like um you know, like like answering things that maybe they actually don't care about or whatever, things like that. Or yes, so a lot of times uh, realtors face a, uh, a credibility challenge. Like, well, you, you tell, of course you're gonna tell me that you can sell my house really fast, right? right? But, but using the data is um, one of the really powerful ways to do it is to say, hey, you know, I, I just always like my clients to be informed. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna put this report in your inbox. Um, Keep an eye on this one number. If this number is rising, that means demand is increasing in your market. 
And we have this market action index nail test report. And then that way you say, it's not you delivering the message, it's the market delivering the message to the to the consumer, to the you know buyers. And so then they pick up the phone, they go, Haley, I've been watching this number, like it's time to take action. And right. so like, that's a great way to, so now they know it comes from Haley. She knows enough to say like, here's the data. She's not being pushy or trying to sell me on something. Yes. Like they pick up and, and they can uh, use that to initiate with you. Yeah, and what you were saying earlier about um, homes are expected to even have more worth and go and prices are expected to raise um, in the spring, It's it seems like a perfect time to call right now and be like, hey, it, it's looking like the market is going to continue to be hot. Um, let me t show you all of these different like market insights and, and tell you the data just so you can, one, make an educated decision for yourself, but also let me help you out. Like, I'm an agent. Like, it, it just kind of seems like it fits really seamlessly. And, and right now seems like a really good time to reach out and say all these things that you're yeah, exactly. And it's um, so as you're working and developing your database, you know, through things like social Facebook posts, like the market's crazy. Here's my market report. Yeah, check it out. Um, and then the way we do it at Altos is like they click through, they get the lead conversions built into the, the report itself, into the content. So then they come from Facebook and they sign up for your report. Now they are auto opting into your to your market report. And you can also see that, you know, when we, we email these, people care about the market. They, they have opinions, they wanna see what's happening. So you get really high open rates on, on market data emails, like 37% is what we get. Um, and so now you, so you get this really engaging content that they're opting into, uh, you know, for, for communication. So like, that's a, that's a really strong way to use it. Wow, yeah, this this seems like a no-brainer to add to your business to make sure that you are um, giving people the facts instead of just maybe stuff that isn't important right now. Because I think if you're if you're not talking about the market right now, you you probably seem like you don't know what you're talking about or um, yeah. that you're you're not the expert to turn to. So yeah, um, or maybe you're afraid or something. Yeah. right? Yeah, it's kind of like when the pandemic first hit any content that wasn't about the pandemic was irrelevant. So anything right now that's not about the hot market and what's going to be happening is is kind of irrelevant, especially as an agent. Yeah, that's a fa that's fascinating. Yeah, that's uh, that's a really uh, strong point. I, I, you know, people know there's still lots of opinions. There's still actually there's some, you know, lots of people still have an opinion uh, that um, for example, that people who haven't who've been really impacted by the pandemic and they haven't been able to pay their mortgage, they're in the mortgage forbearance program. There are still a lot of the um, consumers who, especially buyers, who are assuming that some big wave of foreclosures is coming. Right. Um, and it turns out that you can show in the data it's not coming. And so like if you're a buyer waiting, you know, for the deal, the question is, how long are you going to wait? Um, because what's happened is, so there are there are still 2.1 million homeowners in the mortgage forbearance program. Um, and these may be people that went from like two incomes to one income and or they, you know, 
maybe they're in the tourism industry they haven't had any income for a year there's there, there's still a lot of people that are deeply impacted um and so they've been in this forbearance program the the initial year has been extended to 15 months so it's end of june before they will have to take action right. but here's the and, and they and they've been resolving but the reason that those two million people aren't going to come in some big wave of foreclosures is because we've gained a trillion dollars in equity in america this year so if i've i've held on to my house and i even if i haven't made a mortgage payment year I, i've made a lot of money on my house and so even if i'm in a situation now where i'm never going to be able to get into back into my old income and my old payment structure i can sell and the message it, from from agents to the consumer is if you're in this situation we should sell your house now before you get in trouble with a payment before you miss a payment because once you miss a payment now you can't get a loan again if we sell your house now now you take your equity and you can move into a situation where you can be affordable long term and and you're not in any trouble and so you have and you've gained a ton of equity this year yeah. so that is a message uh that we can see but none of those folks are walking away from their house mm -hmm. because they all made a bunch of money <laughs> they're, they're scrambling to hold on and and so um so and and you know any of the payments you know any loan modification they might do they're gonna they're going into a super low rate right now so like all of those things are are really aligned in favor of the people who are already in their houses yeah. and so there's not going to be any big wave of foreclosures because none I, wow, um, I haven't thought about this because you're right. People are just gaining equity by the minute, it seems like. Yeah, and so if, I mean, people that aren't pay making their payments right now and the fact that they could just sell and then get that equity and put it back into their home and then have a more affordable um, monthly payment, this seems, this is crazy because all I've heard, especially on like real estate Facebook groups and everywhere is like foreclosures, they're coming, oh my goodness. Um, but the data is actually telling us differently. And I would oh, trust the data over some hearsay of, oh, yeah, like all these people can't afford anything. No, actually, like their home price skyrocketed during all of this. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and so there's still a lot of that, um, that uh, you know, sort of bearish headline, although it's, yeah. it's fading because people are starting to recognize how hot the market is. Mm -hmm. um, and uh and there are some and likely that will have to do something right they will have to do that they, they will have to sell and so um uh, it would make sense for them to sell so you know if we're wise we can help them do that transaction and get to a, a stronger place yeah so i still think there is an opportunity for agents um with this pre-foreclosure type of wave thing where when they do start have to paying their mortgage payments that there will be a wave of like, I need help make sure that, you know, I don't miss a payment and, and I'm screwed. I have to go bankrupt or anything that happens like that. Um, yeah. Then you can be the agent to to help them through that and, and show them the data, like what they can do, like the equity they have and all those things. It sounds um, awesome.
Yeah, it, it's super. It super is. And 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 it's so, you know, now you take the market report and you put it in front and you're like, look, you know, we can actually like list your house and sell it. And in our price range, things are going in seven days. You know, this is a, a good opportunity to not get behind the, you know, behind the ball. Yeah. And then as a as a real estate expert, like look at give them the options like you could keep your home. We'd have to do this and this or you're right, like maybe we do sell it and get you into a better situation. But um, this is awesome. I love talking about data and real numbers that we can look at um, that kind of put all of the conspiracy, like weird stuff, all that away. And we can look at the numbers and, and see where the opportunity actually will be. I yeah. love this. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so and the next question I kind of we've kind of already talked about this a little bit, but um, what some what are some other signals uh, for the market's trajectory in the net upcoming months? Like, let's just talk about some more signals. Yeah. So um, there are signals that we look at um, that I like to keep an eye on uh, every week, for example, yeah. um, and uh, they are, for example, I, I track percentage of homes on the market that have taken a price reduction. Okay. And typically, uh, sort of rule of thumb for the national a national average, you you, you can expect thirty five percent of homes are they're initially overpriced. They take a price cut before they sell, and that sometimes that's strategic. Sometimes it's accidental. It's like a wacky sell, whatever the, you know, the reason is. But 35% and they go, oops, I got to take a price. Or like, okay, now take a price cut. And then we get the offers we sell. Um, and so if 35% is normal, then when only 25% or so need to take a cut, that's because some of those who overpriced got what they were, what they were asking. And so you can, you can measure demand in this, price reductions number. And so um, in typically hot markets, you'll see 25%. So 35% is normal. And when the market's cool, and like at that stretch at the end of 2018, so demand started backing off. Now 35% have thought they're overpriced and, and but 40 or 42% say, oh, it's not moving, got to take a price cut. So we can watch it like get hot and cool in that stretch. Uh, right now, nationally, we're at, uh, let me look it up real quick, uh, 18%. So only, so 35% thought they needed a price cut, but only 18% have taken one. That's crazy high uh, demand. That's like the, the markets that are normally in that stage are like, super hot Silicon Valley, like close in markets that all, like have nothing for sale ever. And a bunch of super rich people want to buy it all the time. Like that's the kind of um, that's the kind of that market. And the whole country is in that mode right now. Like, yeah. So what that means, leading indicators is if only 18 percent of the houses need to take a price cut, that means the ones that get their their you know, offer in March and they close in April are th that those prices are already supported. And when the, they get an offer in March and they close in April, then the traditional, the like the, the headlines, the real estate headlines you're going to see in May, June, July are already written. Hmm. They're already going to be real estate markets on fire. Then you can already see it through July. Wow. 
So, so, and so like, you know, as you're working with clients, like that's the message they're going to be seeing for, for months. Um, You can uh, now, then, you know, like, then we're going to keep our eye on interest rates. If interest rates spike between then, then we will know, you know, we'll start seeing some beyond that. And maybe, maybe it turns now, maybe there, everybody thinks it's hot but it's cooled off a little. So that's where we want to keep our eye looking on that data every week. And what we can tell our, you know, our clients to, like we can say right now that things are super hot and here are the, the leading indicators that I want you to keep your eye on. Bef- so you know that if it starts cooling and you know, you want to list before it cools off. Wow. That's interesting. I, I, I didn't know. First of all, it's only 18%. That's, <laughs> that kind of just gives you an idea of what's going on right now. How nuts but, it is, yeah. um, but also, like you said, yeah, it gives us an idea of kind of what, what it's looking like in the spring and and things aren't looking like they're slowing down anytime soon, at least. Not um, anytime soon. And a lot of homeowners want to know that information. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. There's a couple others that we could look at. There's, so there's the, the metric of price increases, which is really fascinating. So this is the opposite. These are homes that are were on the market maybe 90 days ago at a lower price and now they're on at a higher price um that is those are like flips investor flips that maybe like i buyers coming in and buying at a lower price and relisting at a higher price um and what that one says is like when speculation and investor like activity starts to get really high like that number starts climbing so normally you might have two, three, four, five percent in this uh, investor flip category, like, you know, prices, you know, homes coming back on uh, in and right now for the whole country, we're at seven percent. And in some markets, it's like 19, 20 percent. And that number is actually kind of scary to me. Like that number says to me things are super hot, like too hot. And there's speculation going on. And, and so you know part of me is in the boat of like i i hope mortgage rates climb a little bit to slow things down to cool things off to give us a little more inventory a little more selection uh because some of those are a little scary yeah i was actually talking about and and i'm wondering this i was talking to an agent um about new construction homes because Mm -hmm. it's super hot right now obviously like everything else um at the rate that those are building and and new constructions happening i'm sure it's at a lot slower rate um but is that helping at all with this inventory or yeah so one of the reasons one of the the decade-long reasons that we're in the crisis we are right now is that we underbuilt um for the decade coming out of the the mortgage bubble you know the the 20-year average is like a 1.5 million new homes a year Yes. And for, you know, we, we were at 700,000 and inched our way up. So, you know, seven, 800,000, too few, 500,000, too few homes. So millions of homes underbuilt. And only now, 10 years, 11 years later, are we back to our long-term average of a million and a half homes. So the good news is we're starting to build more. We, we're getting, you know, uh, we're back to, but we're only now back to the long-term average. We're not even above the average, right? So it's mm-hmm. been a long decade of, of, you know, tightening inventory. Wow. Yeah. I, I think the agent said like 
ninety percent of the deals he's doing right now are all just new construction. Just so new construction. Get into homes and, uh, yeah, because and the inventory, like it's just crazy. So it's, it's crazy to build a house. <laughs> yeah, and and there are um, and some of the things that you know that will hopefully be that are that are bullish for us in the next ten years uh, are we have so the demand is here. One of the questions I get a lot is like, you know, can it hold up? And um, and one of the ways we know that that one of the bullish signals is is uh, millennials. There are more millennials than there than any other generation, and the millennials are now thirty five, hitting thirty five, which is peak home buying years. So starting, so the biggest generation ever is rolling into their biggest demand part of their life. So that's the next five, ten years of demand. Um, the you know the the doubling up phenomenon, you know, has been like the boomers buying one, a next one and keeping. So the boomers have are holding on to way more inventory than than anybody else has before. But the good news is that the boomers are now seventy five, rolling to eighty, and so hopefully some of them will want to unload some of that. inventory so that they can take that equity and and then move for example into maybe new construction designed for people who are aging boomers and so like you know that's that is that's where inventory could have like you know hopefully will come from in the future um but uh but but like you know and that's the next 10 years of of you know phenomena because, yeah, I mean, as we're talking, it's like all of these things are, are leading to the perfect storm, it feels like, um, in the market right now. Interest rates are low. Pandemic happens. People are keeping their homes, like all this stuff. So, yeah, I was wondering. I was like, okay, this is like a black hole we're going into. Um, yeah. But it does sound like hopefully that will happen. Or um, is there anything else that we're looking at that could be that could give us some sort of inventory? So the the uh, the other big thing, um, you know, in the inventory category is that our policy, whether it's tax tax policy, all the policy national, it's all aimed at the homeowner. It's all been aimed at keeping people in their homes. The pandemic policy is about helping the homeowner, the the. it, like the costs, the tax breaks are all designed for the person who already owns property. And so the, and all the policy makers, of course, they're focused, they're still focused on the pandemic crisis. They're like all the, all the policies working on that and have not noticed at all the, the crisis that we're, the the next crisis that we're facing and so you can imagine that there might be some policy that would um that it help you know one of the things that we've done policy wise in the last year is the foreclosure moratorium so you've been unable to foreclose on a homeowner even if they didn't go into a forbearance program you can't you can't foreclose on them um and that's been extended um and, and keeps getting extended also now at some point we're going to be able to, we're going to be able to resume that process. So even people not pandemic related, but you know, through whatever things that, that stop paying their mortgage, we need to be able to foreclose on the house and get that back onto the market. And um, in the, uh, in the mortgage crisis, you know, there's two states have two different 
ways you can foreclose. One means you go to court, one means you don't go to court. The court ones take a long time, judicial foreclosure, the non-court ones, 90 days and, and you can sell the house. Um, the non-judicial foreclosures, the ones that went quickly, which while being less homeowner specific and more market focused, those recovered, those markets recovered out of the mortgage crisis years before the 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 ones that were uh, judicial states. So um, what that means is that policymakers could make decisions that are more market centric rather than homeowner centric. Okay. Uh, and so allowing foreclosures to happen and happen quickly, um, doing things like property taxes right now or and you know 1031 exchanges all these things are like designed for you to keep your house and to keep your wealth and to not lose it and even when you want to move um and all of those things make the really good deal to keep owning your real estate to the detriment of you know the 70 million millennials who want to buy right <laughs> interesting so and that seems like Maybe not good news for people that are homeowners right now, but it sounds better for the people that want to be homeowners. Well, that just is, keep the market, just keep going. Like that'll help. <laughs> yeah, it is, and and it's you know. So I mean, all of the policy right now, all of it is focused on the owner, and uh, and and as a result, it's unbalanced. And so, okay. um, you know, you could say that yes. Like, okay, so yes, you know, more market centric would maybe take away some of these advantages for the owner, but that would also mean the next time that owner wants to buy a new place, move up, they'd have more options, right? So in general, mm -hmm. you know, like okay. I'm, I'm of the view that I like to have a, a better functioning market. Yes. You know, more fluid, more inventory is good. And more inventory is good you know, for all the participants that transact, more transactions happen, like we want all these things to happen. Right. So at the that, yeah, it just helps everything go more smoothly. Like we wouldn't be in the situation that we're in right now. Um, so it just helps the market keep going. And that's what we right. all want. <laughs> that's what we all want. That's exactly right. And everybody wants that, too. Ultimately, you know, you want to you want it to be high functioning all the way through. Cool. Um, we did have a question uh, before Robert was asking about for sale by owners. So I wonder mm -hmm. um, if you have any thoughts about this. He, he said that he listed his first four homes from for sale by owners, um, but he wants to know how to communicate to them now since um, obviously the market's hot. They want they they want equity, things like that. Like, do you do you have any insight into that? Um, so uh, I think all the time with for sale by owners, you know, this uh, these are um like i can do it better yes i can save money um you know like i don't know what i'm paying you for like those are the that's all the rationale right with the for sale by owners and um and so market data a couple things happen one is um by being the person who gives them the market data mm -hmm. you as you point out you're the expert like you're the one with the resources like that alone is uh, when they're when they're fed up with having to show their own house. Like that's the reason to call you. Um, yes. So like that is uh, even if you're not going to convince them, like they say, well, if it goes in seven days and it takes me fourteen, I'll take the fourteen. 
you know, like even if you're not going to be able to convince them that you, you know, like that that they're actually it makes sense to use a professional, yes. um, <laughs> then uh, then you know then being there with the resources and generous with the resources and valuable with the information like that is the the reason that they pick up and call you when it's time to call you. Right. Good. Thank you, uh, Robert, for the question, and thank you for answering. Um, we are getting closer to the end here of the podcast, so I want to uh, cover anything that we haven't talked about. Are there any other signals, market things that we that um, you think are important for agents to know right now? Uh, let's see. Um, that was probably a big question. Yeah, a big question, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, the way I'd like to think about it for agents is you want to use your market data in all aspects of the business. So we've talked a lot about lead gen and lead nurture, right? Like being in their inbox every week. But when you sit down at the listing presentation, you wanna have that market data on the top of the stack and you say, I want you to look at this one number. I'm gonna put this in your inbox every week. I want you to look at one number because this is the market telling us, you know, where the demand is. Um, You wanna do it when you walk with the buyers and you say like, look, in your price range, it's zero days on market. If we want a house, we need to act now. Uh, you know, we need and we need to do we need to do it properly well. So this is not just uh, it's it's not just like a lot of people come to us. Um, and by the way, don't let's not forget to uh, give people a coupon before we're yes, done. Yes, we will. <laughs> uh, the uh, uh, but a lot of people, a lot of agents come to us and they say, "Hey, I'm looking to generate new leads." And great. Like it's uh, market data is a great way to generate new leads uh, and it's a great way to nurture leads that are coming in from all other sources. Right. So now they've come in from, you know, whatever the million sources are, um, you want to nurture them with market data, as we've been talking about how why it's so valuable. Uh, but it's also, you know, when you're in the meetings with them, when you're talking to, you know, in the listing present day, like all the way through the business, really the market data is relevant in there. So it's not just like a, um, you know, like a one-time or a, you know, not just a little legion thing to use. I love that. Something I love that the, the market is always changing. So it's always important to to stay up to date. Um, and so I do want to give the, the Red X promo code to Altos Research. Will you just tell our audience what they get with that? Yeah. So um, for those who wanted sign up for Altos and get the market data and use it in their business and do all the drip and things, altosresearch.com. Just go to altosresearch.com. And when you sign up um, this month or in the next month, use a Red X 2021. Red X, R-E-D-X 2021 is the coupon code that we set up for listeners and Red X users. And you get 30 bucks off for three months. Like it's a good deal. So uh, make sure you use that coupon code and uh, love to see you, and you know we love working with the Red X folks because yes. we have a lot of them. Um, we will put that uh, down in the comments. Um, so if if you want to refer back to that promo code, so you know exactly what to put in. Um, I also want to mention we do have an integration with Altos Research inside of Vortex. So if you're already a customer um, of Red X, you can purchase data insights to put right inside Vortex. Um, so I'll I think. We'll, we'll have that on screen or we'll put, put a, a link to our data insight 
um, product as well that just gives you market insights, financial insights, things like that, that are relevant so that whenever you call a lead, you can tell them exactly what's going on, just like we've talked about uh, today in this podcast. But thank you so much, Mike. Thank you for the promo code to our audience. Thank you for taking the time to be here with us today to spend 45 minutes talking about all of this stuff. I think I wanted to talk about so much more because this is so interesting and important and um, and it affects all of us. So, so I, I really yes. appreciate the conversation. Um, also, for our listeners, I just want to say... Um, if you aren't already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, that will give you uh, notifications when we have new podcasts. We are here every single Thursday um, around the same time. So you can sign up there. You can also go to our website and sign up for our podcast, theredx.com forward slash podcast, and sign up there to get emails uh, to when we have podcasts. But I think that wraps up today's podcast. Thank you so much again, Mike. I, I can't thank you. Really, my pleasure. Keep saying it. Um, and and we will see everybody next Thursday.